You're listening to The Scrimmage with Daniel Hargrove and Justin Domashevitz. Ali can beat him, that's Hello and welcome to The Scrimmage. If it sounds a little different today, like maybe we're a little muffled or you hear some sounds in the backgrounds, that is because we are recording live. Wait, is it recording live? Yes, we're recording live. You're listening to it. You're listening to it recording. A live recording (laughs) of The Scrimmage from the... Young Life Wiffle Ball Tournament that is put on by Ole Penn Real Estate and some other businesses also helping out, including uh, Mount Olympus Brewing. And uh, we are here because this is a great event that raises money for Young Life in Grays Harbor, and uh, we have participated in it the last two years, but... uh, we, and when I say we, I mean mostly I, decided that we were all too old to play this year, so we recruited <laughs> some young people, even though Andrew is still physically... Andrew is probably the only one of us who's really physically uh, capable of playing wiffle ball for an entire day. But then we ended up playing anyway. And then we ended up playing anyway, because and Andrew and I... great. Thank you. I struck out Jimmy Hargrove, which is a moment I'll cherish forever. Um, but it's been a lot of fun here today. We, we have a couple of show topics, but not a ton. We're going to spend some time with interviewing several different people that are involved in the processes here. Uh, first of all, we're going to bring in the captain of our scrimmage-sponsored team, Peyton Domashevitz. No I'm relation. Justin Domashevitz. No relation. Um, <laughs> in case I didn't mention it, our producer, Andrew Gross, is also here with us. Daniel Hargrove is no longer with us today. And uh, we're, we're just going to spend some time talking with some of these people. And I, I got to say, uh, Peyton, welcome to the show. But the first performance uh, from your scrimmage sponsored team in the Wiffle Ball Tournament was a little disappointing. So um, you're the captain. You gave the psych up speech before the game of win. I mean, what are you going to do differently? Didn't sink in. We did not win. In fact, we lost. Uh, which is the opposite of winning. <laughs> so, Peyton, what are you guys going to do differently after you, you've seen what it looks like to perform poorly? What so, are you guys going to do differently in game two to come up with a win? Saw a few things that need to change, like okay. Skyler can never play shortstop again. Okay. That won't happen. <laughs> that really only happened because he pulled himself off the pitcher's mound, yes, switched with yes. someone else, and he just kind of got caught over there. Okay, so that's yeah. change number one. Yeah. What's change number two? We ha- we're going with a different starting pitcher. I'm not going to say who for the reason of, you know, people might be listening. Oh, right. But it'll right, right. be new. Okay, it'll so we're going to use the sneak we got, attack. We got some junk going. Okay. We got some new pitchers. Okay. Basically, we're more prepared this game. Okay. We're coming in. We're ready. It was a very early game. It was the it first was game of the day. And it was it pouring. It was pouring down rain. Yeah. yeah. One of our players literally threw the bat into the outfield. <laughs> He went to swing and by the bat, accident. Th- by well, accident. With that, I mean allegedly. <laughs> Bodie Polar went to allegedly. swing, lost grip of the bat allegedly, and the bat the bat flung all the way to the fence down the uh, right field line. So Makes it funnier because the ball barely left the dead zone. That's true. <laughs> Lots of adventure so far in this tournament. Um, Peyton, I got a couple questions for you. One is a trivia question. This is part of Stump Daniel, brought to you by the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. Oh, do you want an intro? Nah. Okay. It is. So I'm going to ask you a trivia question, and all day, I'm gonna, this whole show, I'm going to ask everybody this trivia question, and I want to see if you can get it right. So don't tell anyone the answer. I'm okay. not going to tell you the okay. answer. Oh. oh, okay. This is a secret for me, and then at the end of the show, if you want to get the answer, you have to listen to the podcast. 
Okay, Peyton, this Mariners pitcher broke the Major League Baseball all-time record for the best walks-to-strikeouts ratio through the first 15 starts of his career. So go back in the Rolodex of great Mariners pitchers. See if you can remember someone who was great Oh, is it early. a current player? I didn't say whether it is or not. It is a Mariner, past or present. Pitcher. Pitcher. To be completely honest. Yeah. I don't know very many Mariners pitchers. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's one I feel like you should know. I mean, it's hard to... Have, I know have them, Have they been but relevant since you've been alive? Well, he's 16, they so they definitely haven't made That's the playoffs rough. since he's been alive. That's really rough. I, yeah. It's very defendable that you would not be super into the Mariners. I just don't know. The, I know some of the ones they have now. I don't know the old ones. So I'll just go. I'll just say Felix then because I don't know any. It is not Felix. I That's didn't a think great so. guess. It would have been my so. first guess as well, but it is not Felix. If you want to know the answer to that trivia question brought to you by the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz, you'll have to listen to the podcast. It'll be at the end. I mean, we do live in the same house. <laughs> so I could just tell you, but I won't. So actually, this is a really interesting and fun thing that's going on out here right now. There's a team full of uh, youths, kids. I believe these kids are all between the ages of about 12 and 14 that are out there playing against a team of grown-ups. And Charles Shell right now is pitching to former Grays Harbor goal Chris Grubb, and he just struck him out. <laughs> Charles Shell, you just struck out a former semi-pro baseball Hopefully player. Hopefully they got that on video somewhere because that's something he'll, he'll want in the future. That is possible. That could be Athlete of the Week just for that. But we will figure out an Athlete of the Week, and we'll do that at the end of the show. It's probably going to come from this tournament. But I got one more question for you, Peyton, before we move on. I'm going to ask everybody we talked to today. Drew Locke or Geno Smith? Who do you want your Seattle Seahawks to start at the beginning of the is year. Is this who I'm, does he want who or do you who want? does he who think do you, will? Who do you want because okay. you think they're better? I mean, I don't think either of them is really better, but Drew Locke has more potential when he's younger, so I'm going Drew Locke. Drew Locke. And in, in fact, arm. your opinion is the same as our opinion, so we agree on that. How convenient. <laughs> um, Peyton, thank you for joining the show. Really sincerely appreciate it. Thank you for leading our team, being the captain of the team. Please come up with a better. Oh, did Jason just hit a dinger? Way gone. That baby's gone. Jason Atwood. People, you may know him as the head realtor at Ole Penn Real Estate. Just hit a jack that was about 10 feet beyond the end of the left field fence. According to the sign on the left field fence, that was over 344 feet. Wow. I don't think those are accurate. I don't think so either. Well, Peyton, thank you for joining us. Uh, we are going to talk to some more people. We'll probably get Skylar Bovey on. I'm hoping to talk to Jason at some point. But for now, we're going to go into a quick commercial break. Do you have a legal situation and need someone on your side? Let the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz be your advocate. If you've been the victim of medical malpractice, suffered a personal injury, or need representation with real estate law, small business law, or estate planning, let Jeff Domashevitz put his 29 years of experience to work for you. Call Jeff Domashevitz today at 360-612-3991 or visit domashevitzlaw.com. That's D-A-M-A-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z-L-A-W.com. Welcome back to the scrimmage. Thank you for listening. I'm Justin Domashevitz. I got my trusty producer, Andrew Gross, here with me. And if you're wondering where here is, here is at the Young Life 
the Grays Harbor Young Life Wiffle Ball Tournament put on by Ole Penn Real Estate and uh, Jason Atwood being the main organizer of this event for the last few years. We have a team here that is sponsored by us and then Andrew and I also ended up playing on a ragtag group of misfits team because one of the other teams didn't show up and I think uh, we performed admirably. I thought so, yeah. Considering we weren't prepared and half of us didn't have cleats to wear. Yeah, I didn't um, have cleats to wear. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we're here, and this is, this is a great event, and we're really happy, and we are going to do some interviews with a few of the players on our scrimmage team right now as we speak. Bodie Poehler from the scrimmage team is competing in the Home Run Derby, and another one of our players, Skylar Bovey, is pitching for him. And Bodie wow. just hit a nuke on his first one that went over. Uh, Bodie, by the way, just in case you're wondering how our team is doing so far this day, we lost our first game. We were the first game of the day. It was raining. I feel like our players... It was raining pretty hard. Our players looked like they had never played wiffle ball before and they had no idea what to do. <laughs> um, they took the break that they had before our second game, made some adjustments, came back with a great game plan, played to the end of regulation in a 0-0 tie. Wow, Bodie just hit one about to Texas. Uh, Wrong direction. The, the end of regulation. That was to BC. Yeah. In a 0-0 tie and then we ended up winning the game in what is like a home run derby shootout at the end where each team gets one player. Bodie hit five dingers in the home run derby shootout to win our second game for us and we are awaiting our third matchup which is an elimination game. So we're going to talk to some of the players. I do have a little bit of fun local news to share. Um, and when we have when uh, a week when Daniel's back, I want to talk about this a little bit more because uh, Daniel covered this player very extensively in her um, last year's um, playoff run for Montesano. But uh, Montesano's McKinley Dalen has committed to play basketball at the University of Minnesota, which is extremely wow. exciting. Uh, McKinley is going into her senior year, so she still has another year to play. Um, to me, this story is kind of amazing because McKinley, she's an incredibly talented player. I first learned of her when she was in, I, it was either fifth grade or sixth grade, and she was a girl that was playing on a boys AAU team. Like I watched, I went to watch, oh, wow. yeah, I went to watch one of my son's basketball tournaments and I was like, oh, there's a Montesano team. Oh, I know some of these kids. Wait a minute. That's one girl playing with a bunch of uh, everyone's boys except McKinley. And she was still really good playing with the boys. Um, well, that translated into high school. She's an incredible player. Um, she was first team all league last year. She definitely would have been in contention for the league MVP. Um, ended up going to one of her teammates. Um, but McKinley, and, and I remember seeing that she was All-State in, like, Scorebook Live's All-State rosters or something like that. But McKinley, the talent, when you watch her play, like, it really jumps out at you because she's about six feet tall. She's very, very, very tall, very long, um, really athletic player. But she, and she does play the post, but she doesn't need to be relegated to the post. Like, she's very good inside. She's a good rebounder. She's good with the ball. She can also play on the perimeter, shoot some jumpers, drive to the basket. And like I said, I want to expand on this um, a little bit more on a week when Daniel is back because I think he might have a lot to add about McKinley. And he um, got to be there as 
um, Montesano's season ended in a very heartbreaking way last year. So I'm sure he'll have some real good emotional tidbits for us. But for the meantime, I'll just say... <laughs> that is what he's good at. It's very exciting um, that to, to see that McKinley not only got a Division One offer, but that she's committed so early to play for the University of Minnesota. We will and be she's going into her senior year yeah, of so high school. She, yep, so she's still got another year to play, and we will be definitely she, following what happens with her. Is she a candidate for, to be awarded as a bucket getter? Um, this is a really good question. I There's nothing that would disqualify her from that because okay. she has all of the capabilities. Um, she's had a lot of injuries and missed a lot of time in her high school career. That makes so it even more amazing that she's been... It really does, yeah. She's committed. But That's it's awesome. just the skill. Like I said, her skill level, her talent just jumps out at you. So, um, yeah. But anyway, we're going to grab some of our wiffle ball athletes for an interview in just a few minutes here. So stay with us. Still here. We just came out of a pause just uh, to let you behind the curtain. We paused. <laughs> so I said stick with us. And then I realized, wait a minute. They just have to let it keep playing. <laughs> so it's a little awkward, but my fault. But we do have a special guest here with us, Skylar Bovey from the Scrimmages Wiffle Ball team. And Skylar, I want to talk to you about a couple things. One is uh, really just kind of your approach in the first game, because I'm going to be honest, you guys all came out and you looked like you'd never played Wiffle Ball before. So then you came out in the second game, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, we remember how to do this. So tell, tell me what did you feel was the biggest difference from game one to game two? I went 0 for 5. So oh, for you, there wasn't so, a difference. You so said, you no, still I, don't I know still how to play hit. wiffle ball. No. Okay. I can't hit. You so. did, <laughs> You did, however, do one thing that ended up becoming very valuable for the team in the end, which was, you know, you guys played to a scoreless tie with a really good team. And at the end, the game was determined by a home run derby. You pitched the home run derby. I did. So how much of a W do you take for your role in that? Uh... I would take 50-50 on, the, on the home run derby. So Bodie hit the dingers. He gets 50% of the credit. You yeah. pitched him. Yeah, I, I gave him good pitches. Like it, like Julio's Julio's pitcher in the home run derby? Yes. He deserved 50% of the credit. True. They got he that strategy good. down. Yeah. yeah, he was really good. Um, okay, so I have two questions that I'm going to ask everybody. and I'm gonna One's a trivia question, and then one is your opinion on something. Okay. okay. So this is uh, as a part of Stump Daniel, brought to you by the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. Skyler, trivia question about the Mariners. This Mariners pitcher broke the major league record for strikeout to walk ratio through the first 15 games of his career. Which pitcher, past or present? What year? Uh, no more hints. Uh, crap. All right. It's not uh, crap. Well, the Mariners organization is crap. That's uh, a good point. Uh,. Randall Johnson. It is not Randy Johnson. That was a good guess. Sorry. He also didn't start his career with the Mariners. Oh, that's right. I Did forgot he? about that. No, he I didn't. have no he idea. Got, he got traded to the Mariners. I oh, forgot well. about that. I'm going to feel like an idiot if I got that <laughs> wrong. But um, anyway, Skyler, I just uh, I wanted to thank you for being a part of our wiffle ball team. Um, and I know you guys have a big game coming up here we do so what you're you're kind of like i know peyton's technically the captain because when i was listing people i put him first <laughs> but you know you're you've kind of been the quarterback for a lot of years and definitely have some leadership qualities so what what do you think uh, what do you think you guys need to do going into your next game to be successful you know 
as a team, we just need to come together more and come together as a co cohesive unit. And yeah. if we do that, the rest will take care of itself. We'll win ourselves some ball games. And we'll end up ho hoisting the trophy at the end of this tournament. Okay. Thank you, Skylar. Yep. Thank you very much. Thank I you. appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Let's get Bodie over here. Give that headset to Bodie. That's a pretty good answer there. I, it was great. I got a lot of questions for Bodie. Like, a, I've got did, a lot did you of questions ask him for Bodie. The question about the, the Seahawks? No, I failed. Oh, okay. Hey, Skyler. Geno Smith or Drew Locke? Drew Locke. We Drew Locke. We're, we're unanimous on Drew Locke so far. Okay. So, Skyler wants Drew Locke, too. All right, Bodie. Now, the big adjustment from game one to game two was Bodie pitches. <laughs> Because you guys still didn't score any runs. Yeah. So, I mean, of game two, you're certainly the MVP because you didn't allow any runs, and then you hit five nukes in the – well, 50-50 credit with Skyler on that. Yeah. But you hit five nukes in the home run derby. So let's talk a little bit about your, uh, your approach to pitching because you became darn near unhittable in that game. And I took some pictures of you and realized that you're pitching, like when you release the ball, you're like on a knee oh, yeah. and your arm's like a foot off the ground. So what are you trying to accomplish here? I'm really just trying to throw strikes out there. It's the main thing, really skinny bats, it's hard to hit the ball. If True. you can throw strikes, it's probably going to go pretty well. And that sidearm submarine kind of thing yeah. just makes it harder to hit. It does. Well, the big thing is, however you're releasing it, the ball goes up, like when yeah, it comes that, towards the that's batter. That's a little bit of the uh, holes underneath doing some work, like a. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel like fifty percent of the credit for Skyler is appropriate for? Uh, oh, totally. Home render? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they were all right there. Okay. He, so did, he did a good job. Wow, that's you're a good teammate. You're a good teammate. Okay, so what's the most important thing for you guys going into your third game, an elimination game? We got to figure out how to score runs. <laughs> that is important. <laughs> we scored two runs on the tournament. Okay. Only because of a home run by Peyton. <laughs> That's right. No relation. Yeah, no Peyton Domashevitz, no relation. Um, okay, Bodie, two questions for you. One's a trivia question, one's your opinion. Okay. The trivia question. This Mariner, this Seattle Mariner, broke the major league all-time record for walk strikeout-to-walk ratio through the first 15 starts of his career. I'm going to say it's Felix Hernandez. That's a great guess. It's the best guess, but it's not the correct answer. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Bodie. I, uh, nobody's gotten it yet. I'm mm. the only one who knows, and also Andrew, because he's the one who sent me the stat in the first place. <laughs> and also, I'm not going to tell you the answer, so you're just going to have to Am listen. Am I just not ever going to be able to find out? Well, or? if you listen, when the podcast comes out, if you listen oh, to it, okay. I'll tell the answer at the end. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, last question. I know you're a Seahawks fan. You've been to a lot of games in your young life. Mm -hmm. Geno Smith or Drew Locke? Drew Locke. I think he's got something there. Okay. He's not going to be Russell Wilson, but he'll be all right. And you have no faith in Geno? Not at all. Not at all. Okay. Thank you, Bodie. Yeah, thank Appreciate you. it. Let's pass the headset right. off to Tice. Hisashi Iwakuma? Oh, no. You don't get extra guesses. No, it's not, though. It's not Hisashi Iwakuma. You're just giving them extra guesses? Well, <laughs> wasn't Iwakuma a relief pitcher? He's a starter. Okay. It's no extra guesses. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tice Peterson. Hey. Thank you for being a part of our scrimmage with football team. Of course. Um, you know, I'm on the same tone that I've been talking to the last guys about. You, you guys came out in game one. 
I know you don't play baseball anymore, right? But you played a lot of baseball up I until did. maybe what a year ago. Yeah. You guys came out and looked like you didn't know what a bat was, what a ball was, and what you were supposed to do with them. Right. So then you come out in game two, things are different. Uh, not only did Bodie pitch great, but you guys made good plays on defense. Still got to figure out how to score some runs. True. But what it, what did you think was the biggest key from game one to game two? Um, we really just put all of our faith in Bodie, honestly. Uh, it's basically what you got to do. When Skyler and Cam didn't really pitch that good in game one, you got to you know, go over to the best baseball player I know, Buddy Polar, and uh, he took game by storm, pitched great, and he even did uh, his own home run derby, which is not Skyler's home run derby, it's Bodie's. It's not a 50-50 no, split in your 50 -50 mind? No, not 50-50 at all, no. What percentage of the credit would you give Skyler for being the pitcher? Like 15-10, maybe. 10 or 15? Yeah. Okay. Well, Bodie was happy to give him that credit, but that's that was just yeah, Bodie, no, like, being no. humble. Yeah. Because that's Bodie. Yeah. By the way, if you want to see uh, Skyler and Bodie play baseball, they'll be playing varsity baseball, most likely, for Montesano in the spring. Um, but if you want to catch Tice, you got to watch football and basketball. Tice is a hooper. Maybe potential potential future certified bucket getter, but we got to see. I don't want to put too much pressure on you. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But that, I know that of all the accomplishments that you could have in your high school career, That's certified totally bucket getter yeah. is, like, the best. Like, right. state championship, right. league MVP, like, all that stuff is cool. Right. But certified bucket getter? That's an elite. No, I, I'm I'm aiming for it. Okay. I've been thinking about it all summer. Have you? Yes. Okay. Well, we're in the tournament today, so let's stick yeah, with that for let's now. Stick with it. What is uh, what is the most important thing for you guys in your third game, your elimination game? How are we going to keep this going? Uh, Bodie. Bodie. We're going to put our faith in Bodie. Yeah. Um, let's see. I think Bodie. If he keeps pitching the way he is, what he faced ten batters and strike out seven. Mm -hmm. I think uh, if he keeps going at that rate, I think we got a shot. You're going to be okay? Yeah. All right. Two questions. One's a trivia right. question. One's your opinion. All right. This Seattle Mariner broke the Major League all-time record for strikeout-to-walk ratio in his first 15 starts. Who is this pitcher? Uh, I feel like I've seen this uh, on Instagram a couple days ago. Yes. I'm not I'm sure if this is right, but Logan Gilbert is my final guess. That is a good guess. It's the best guess so far, but it is not right. correct. It's a current Mariner, though, isn't it? It is a current Mariner. That's what I thought, yeah. yeah. But that was a really good guess. I'll you get the award for best guess so far. Perfect. Um, okay, last question. Geno Smith or Drew Locke? Uh... That's all. That's the only option I got. Yes. I'd rather have Pete Carroll. <laughs> Pete Carroll at starting quarterback. What about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo? No. You throw Garoppolo I, in no, there? No, I would choose Gino. I would go Gino over those two. You would? Yeah. Okay. Just because Gino has a lot of experience. and He has a lot of experience. I like Drew, but mediocre. yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course, Drew Locke, I guess, has proven he could be bad, bad. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, Andrew an and I are to be made that this year we would rather be bad, bad than just okay. mediocre. Yeah, I think Andrew's, in my opinion, has been that you kind of already know what Gino is, and it's just kind of okay. It's not a thing that's going to really help you succeed, but at least if you see what Drew Locke might have, he might be terrible, but he might, you know, see what you have there. He was the starter on another team recently. Maybe he could, you know, regain some of that form from his rookie year that people thought made him promising. But I don't yeah, know. Hopefully he brings out the Buzz Lightyear celebration again. Yeah. And then he goes off. Are you going to be rooting for the Broncos now with Russell? Let's ride. Yeah. No. no. No? You tried. No. no, let's ride. Is that their thing? Oh, no. Oh, I got you. Let's Is ride. it let's ride? Okay, so we were talking about that. Have you not heard that? I thought Audio it was. of Russell going, 
Broncos country. Let's ride. It's my favorite thing in the whole universe. No, it's amazing. Sounds amazing. Let's ride, baby. That's my that's <laughs> you my call saying yourself right now. a Russell fan. <laughs> but you haven't heard this? No, I'm uh I'm uh, he calls himself a Russell oh. fan. Yeah. I don't really care about the Seahawks. <laughs> that's the thing I think that struck me this week as I was thinking about football season coming up. Here we go. Without Russ, I don't really care about the Seahawks anymore. I, without Russ, I care more about Seahawks, honestly. Do you? Yeah. He was bringing too much drama. Oh, you're not into the drama? He was, he was worried about his off-field status more, yeah. in my opinion. He wants to be a mogul. Exactly. Okay. Well, Tice, appreciate your time. Thank, thank you, you for joining us. And thank you for being a part of our team. Love Best to be here more often. Yes. Well, and we still have to have our three-point shooting contest. You do. You have challenged me. I have challenged you. He's ducking. <laughs> Tice thinks I'm ducking the three-point. Oh, you're definitely <laughs> ducking. He's definitely ducking. <laughs> well, there was another thing that I told Peyton, because the two things that went together were – Oh, I could definitely beat Tyson a three-point contest. And then I was going to do – what's the football drill where you, like, just line up and then just smash Oklahoma it? drill? Not the Oklahoma drill, board but, like – Board drill? What is it? Like a board drill? Yeah, I think so. I told him I was going to do that against Cam. You should. And that I would flatten Cam. Oh, okay. But but I think I sort of backed off of that one uh, I think you're more bit. likely to beat me in a three-point than Cam in a – Well, if we ever do it, I'm, I'm going to beat you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> if we we'll ever. see that. <laughs> We'll see that. <laughs> but it's easier for me to not do it because then I can just keep talking about it. All right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's get it on the schedule, Tice. We'll All make right. it happen. Sounds good. All right, thank, thank you for joining you. us, thank sir. You. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. <laughs> now we have Jason Atwood of Ole Penn Real Estate here with us. Jason, this uh, this wiffle ball tournament is definitely your baby. I know you like to try to give credit to lots of other people too, but <laughs> it's it's been something that – you came up with this is the third one, right? Yep. Okay, so I, I think this event's really fun, and part of the reason we wanted to be here was just to sort of highlight it because we've always had a really great time here. For people who don't know, um, go check out Facebook. Is it, do you post it on the Oli Pen site, or do you have an we events do. page? Well, we have an event on the Young Life page. Okay. So the Grays Harbor Young Life page okay. has a very basic event. So I've told some people to share videos and photos from today on there. Okay. And I will also. Because I think people, when I, I know when I first showed up to the first one, I was not expecting what it is, which is <laughs> like a, an amazing setup with a, a, a pop-up fence and we've got food here cooking that people can go buy we've got vitamin q got it. vitamin q yeah. is and oh yeah. by the way it's I, really good it's so good yeah i had the pulled pork and then the is it beef ends whatever angel bought for me and it was like <laughs> oh my gosh if i wished i was more hungry i could have eaten more yeah but uh this is a really cool event and i think if people saw pictures and video of what it is because we're calling it a wiffle ball tournament but really it's just it's a huge event with tons of people and kids and families and everybody's just having a good time yeah and obviously it benefits something that is uh something that's important to you in young life so what was kind of like how did this idea come to you like what was your what was the original thought and how did you how did you initially make it happen so the very first conversation was actually with lucas wisdom okay and he saw us renovating our yard at Lucky Lane. Yeah. Clearing all the stuff. He's like, man, that'd make a good wiffle ball field. I'm like, dang, you know what? Let me do some measurements. And it was like exactly what you needed to the really to is. the inch. And it was like 75, 76 feet left, 74 feet in right, yeah. and then like 96 feet in center. Yes. It's like literally perfect. It was kind of perfect too because then off to the side you had like the trees and then the area where people could kind of hang out. And yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how it started. And then it was like, 
I bought the orange construction fence for the first year. Mm -hmm. And it was like, we renovated the, the lawn in April, May, planted grass, and it was like, had this in August. So it <laughs> felt like the first real event there. And then um, it went great. So it was like, I'm definitely doing this again. Mm -hmm. And then we bought this new fence for last year. Um, and everything was great last year. We had a Finch and Bowl last year. Yep. Um, these guys said they could do barbecue, and Finch and Bowl is super busy with um, like yeah. weddings and stuff like that. That's a food oh. truck, right? Yep. That's the yeah. guy that the, they made the breakfast burritos last year. Right. Oh, yep. super good. Which, oh, I mean, Finch and Bowl's great stuff. Yeah. But these guys are going all day long. Like they'll yeah. go until we're the championship game, which is sweet. Yeah. Um, and so it was kind of like, okay, now now we prepare for year three, but we moved. Tamani, like in the middle of all yeah. that, and it was like, hey, where do I do it? Lions Club Park seemed like the perfect spot to be, especially with their recent renovation. And um, it worked looks out really nice. Yeah, and they at first I was like, hey, can we put a fence up? And he's like, ah, oh, we don't want, we don't want to have stakes in the grass, mm -hmm. but we could do it in the dirt. I'm like, man, I don't know if it's going to be 75 feet or 95 feet or whatever. I came out and measured, and it's like plenty of space. Yeah, it's a pretty big dirt field. Yeah, yeah it worked out. And this, they've done such a good job. This is a dialed in field yeah um so i came out yesterday and put up the fence put up the signs um kind of fix everything up in the morning in terms of chris grubb came out and, and dragged the infield chalked the chalked the whole field which was sweet yeah. i got to show up an hour later than i expected to nice <laughs> nice so yeah that's the that's the long and the short of it. I'm glad that Chris Grubb is involved. I'm also like, well, if Chris hadn't been involved, maybe his kids wouldn't have shown up. And then his son struck me out looking twice <laughs> in one of our games. And so I'm like, maybe next year don't invite the Grubbs. Actually, the I, kids were invited first. They're oh, okay. on Little Giants. And um, and then Chris joined our team last minute. Gotcha. So. And for some, some people may recognize that name, and I did mention it earlier in the show. Chris Grubb played for the Grays Harbor Gulls, which was our semi, our local semi-pro baseball team back in the day. Yeah. He showed up today wearing a Gulls jersey, which is His super jersey. cool. Yeah, it was freaking awesome. It is awesome. And then I was, like, watching him play against uh, the team of kids. They're the little giants. And there's a, a kid named Charles who I, I know I love Charles. I coached him in baseball. He's awesome. And he got to pitch wiffle ball, and he struck out Chris Grubb. And I was like, how many kids will be able to tell the story that I struck out this, like, one of our local heroes from yeah. semi-pro baseball? I struck him out. I was just telling Chris this morning, like, I, I was watching him when I was seven and eight years old. And I remember it was like Chris Grubb. Steve Dietz and Paul Williams. Those are the guys, like the all-stars of that right. that team. You're like, yep. oh my gosh, they, it seemed like they were professional baseball players. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it was so cool. Yes. Like Chris, getting their autograph was similar to like Joey Cora or something back then. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, absolutely. And yeah. you know, now uh, the future of sports in Montesano, people are going to know the Grub Twins because Colton and Caden are adult size i think they're 13 years old yeah just adult size <laughs> humans with incredible yep. natural athletic ability and by the way some of the nicest 13 year old boys you'll ever meet in your life which is amazing so yeah, and then caden won it was caden right yeah caden won, won the won home, the home run, run derby, derby. he beat well though although i was standing <coughs> over there with my team our scrimmage team and it was between caden and bodie and bodie's on my team so I was cheering for Caden, and I was told by my players, no, you can't do that. <laughs> you can only cheer for Bodie. But I was like, I like Caden. And they're like, doesn't matter. You want to be a part of this team? Like, <laughs> I don't like <laughs> You cheer for our team. That is awesome. And then Caden did end up beating out Bodie, which, you know, I would have been happy if either of them win. I'm just glad Kevin didn't win. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're giving out. Uh, by the way, Jason, if you know, if you see anybody that has a a can in their hands that you think that drink might get warm, send them over here. I got That's gonna can be cozies to as give out. As soon as we're done here. Yeah. Except for I play in so, one minute. Okay, well, I play, Jason, I play it right now. I want to say thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you Absolutely. for putting in the, putting on this amazing event. Yep. And if anybody wants to donate to Young Life, here's a chance. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks. That was Jason Atwood of Oli Penn Real Estate, organizer of this wonderful event. Uh, we have a little bit more to talk about. Andrew and I are going to talk a little Mariners, maybe come to some kind of resolution on the Seahawks quarterback uh, situation. And maybe I'll track down one more guest. I'm not sure. But we got more coming. It'll be on the other side of this commercial break. At Oli Penn Real Estate, we have solidified our foundation on four core values. First, we continuously focus on growing our knowledge in the market and in our practices to bring the highest level of competency to our clients. Second, we provide a high level of integrity, compassion, and kindness in every aspect of our business. Third, we put the human element above business through humor, enthusiasm, and patience. And last but not least, we proactively respond to the needs of our clients. Our mission is to create a personal real estate experience, one person and one home at a time. With OliPen, it's personal. And welcome back to the scrimmage. We are recording live. Not coming to you live, because you can't listen to it while we're doing it. But we're recording live at the annual, the third annual Young Life. I almost said Lung Life. That lung like Life is important, too. It is important for breathing. But this is the Young Life Wiffle Ball Tournament. And uh, we have a special guest here with us who actually just lost to our team and was eliminated from the bracket. Not that I want to, like, bring that up right away first, but... I he mean, just brought you on to glow. It did happen. Uh, we've been kind of keeping you guys up to date as the day goes on about what was going on with our team. We had a horrible showing in Game 1, much better in Game 2. Bodie Polar came through. And then in this third game, uh, it was kind of a mixed bag. It was a lot of good plays made on both sides, but uh, we did prevail in the end. So, Jimmy, how did you feel like the experience of today's tournament was? Uh, my favorite by far of the three years that this has been going on this year, I got to play alongside my son and also Luke Berger and his son. Had a lot of fun. I think I had more more joy watching my son play and make good plays and having hits than than myself so it was it was definitely a great time even though we're done it was it was the best yeah well you're done but you did you had a lot of fun along the way and you're right your son did make a lot of great plays i had a lot of fun watching him too um but i have there's two questions jimmy as we've been talking to everybody that i'm asking everyone we talk to today one's a trivia question and one's your opinion Trivia question. This is Stump Daniel brought to you by the law office of Jeffrey oh, A. Donald no. Shevitz. <laughs> These are notorious. Jimmy, <laughs> this Mariners pitcher broke the major league all-time record for strikeout-to-walk ratio through the first 15 starts of his career. Who is that pitcher? Could be current or past. <sighs> through the first 15 starts of his career? Yeah. And then after you get take your guess, then I can give the actual answer because nobody got it right yeah. of any of the people that I So asked. that would eliminate anybody that I would probably <laughs> choose. Ooh, hint. So, man, then uh, I'm trying to think. I'm going to go current because I just think nobody probably else has guessed this, but I'll, I'll guess uh, 
Well, I don't know his first name, but Logan. Oh, Logan Gilbert? Yeah, Logan, Logan Lo- Gilbert. That that's is right. his first name. That's a good guess, and it's the closest guess to right, but it is not right. It was it guess. A, it, <laughs> it is a current Mariner. It's George Kirby. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. I think that's part of the reason why that stat is so fun is because yeah. everybody heard it and went, really? <laughs> so, yeah, George Kirby, that is the answer that I also, on last week's podcast, I gave I gave the question and then I gave a hint and then I forgot to give the answer at the end. <laughs> so anybody who listened to it was like, well, what the heck, man? So Daniel, the, Daniel's finding out right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Daniel's finding out right now. Well, he'll find out later yeah. when he listens to this. Uh-huh. Okay, the next thing, Jimmy, we're trying to sort this out. Uh, Andrew and I have a, a pretty firm opinion on this, but what would you do if you were the Seahawks? Would you would you play Geno Smith or Drew Locke? I don't know if I really have an opinion on this. I've kind of <laughs> written them off this season in total, but uh, I don't know. I'd probably go with Drew Locke just because he has – Fewer years in the league, there's a little bit more um, opportunity for upside, whereas Geno Smith has been in the league longer enough, and you know what you're getting with him. So that that's just where I'm coming, what I think. That's but. pretty much word for word what Andrew and I both think, <laughs> and also it yep. seems to be like the prevailing opinion of most people. So why on earth does Pete Carroll insist that Geno <laughs> is the starter repeatedly over and over again. Well, Gino's starting the game today. We're recording before this first right. preseason game. I think part of it might be is Gino plays a similar style to Russell Wilson, and it's what Pete Carroll has been used to for the last however many years, and it's hard for him to kind of adjust his thinking to more of a, a standard pocket quarterback. Mm. So that's just my opinion, what I think maybe why. but Well... Well, Pete Carroll. Not that I say that it's right, <laughs> but it, it's it's harder to to uh, change your mindset on things sometimes. That's probably true. I just I, I don't even know like at at this point in his career, he's probably can Gino still move? Like, is he still? He's not as fast as Locke. Locke is more athletic. Is he? Yeah. Well, and he's younger, which I think makes a difference. Like, you see the difference in Russell now compared to Russell when he was younger. Yeah. And I just, I I don't know. I just, uh, I, have a, I have a real hard time looking at that situation and understanding without being there and without, like, but Pete does this with trust, you know? Uh, yep. He'll, like, have a, oh, that's a guy I trust. And so even if there are possibly better players behind him, he'll do it. He's been doing it's, it for years. Especially at quarterback, I feel like he puts such an emphasis on maintaining possession of the ball that – He'll, he'd rather have a, a less exciting quarterback that he feels sure, sure isn't going to lead the league in interceptions. Yeah. yeah. That's you, probably true. You know, with that, that trust aspect, I totally agree with that. And I think we probably saw Russell Wilson as early as we did is because we didn't have a quarterback mm-hmm. returning. They were, there was two new competing quarterbacks. Yeah, so that's a good point. Russell may not have seen the field for well, a couple of years. Well, I mean, Jackson was returning. Well, <laughs> was yeah. he still on the team? He was. Then? He was, but oh, he, I just totally it was. Forgot about him. It started out as a three-way, like a three-way competition. Gotcha. Very like I first couple weeks, it was like, yeah, okay, T. Jack's not competing for starting. Very interesting. I don't, and that's that's funny that that's so long ago now. I don't even remember that part of it. I just remember it as a Matt Flynn uh, 
Russell Wilson <laughs> yeah. conversation. Yeah. yeah. And now Silly it's so funny. It's the- so funny to think about now all those people that were like, no, Matt Flynn's the guy. <laughs> The only reason I know that so confidently is that it's been sort of uh, in the co- the Seahawks fan conversation over the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and so I, I've uh, revisited some of that early uh, Pete sound, trying to figure out what he was saying about Russell before he decided Russell was the starter. So I think the only other, we'll just shift gears quickly and then we'll close out the show, because uh, we do have another game coming up for our wiffle ball team later and then also you know we want to pack up our stuff at some point here we've been here all day um i got here at like 7:45, and now it's 306 and uh you know we're we've been having a great time so it's been good but um we're i think we're about ready to pack it up here in a few minutes but i think we should spend just a few minutes talking about the mariners because even though like football rules the it rules all of sports conversation even when it's not football season. There is actually a baseball team right now in Seattle that's doing good things. Jimmy, have you been following? I have been following, yeah. So what do you I got think? To actually, I got the privilege of watching George Kirby win this year against oh. the Toronto Jays. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. That's awesome. That was a good series. I think a big thing for the Mariners right now is they went through – a big stretch around the All-Star break. And before, I guess if you count Hanniger's injury, it's been months. They're just, they were just getting hurt and hurt and hurt and hurt and hurt. And now we are finally, just in the last couple of days, back to the point where the guys that they were waiting to get back from injury are back now. So you've got Hanniger, you've got France, you've got Julio Rodriguez back. And I saw a stat, and I hope I don't misquote it. It was something like, the Mariners have won 25 of the last 30 games that Julio Rodriguez has played in. Because all that, the losing that they did against the Astros right after the All-Star break, he was out. So now that we're seeing what this team is doing and what they're capable of, you know, we had a conversation on our show kind of when things weren't going very well of like, you know, what's your projection for this season? How likely do you think it is that they'll make the playoffs? And we're at a point now where they're healthy, they're playing well, they're in a position. If they don't make the playoffs, I'm going to be annoyed. It will be very disappointing at this point. Yeah. So what? what's your – Jimmy, what is your hope for this team and what do you think they're capable of? I definitely think, you know, I've been, you know, for the last however many years, cautiously optimistic up – up to all-star break and then heartbroken afterwards. Yeah. But this year, I would say I'm I'm past the cautiously and, and I'm just optimistic with the young team that's there. And Julio Rodriguez just feels like, you know, the next Griffey to me. The way he plays the game, uh, how he hits, steals, and, and, and not just how he plays, but in his persona himself. He mm-hmm. just, yeah. just so much joy in how he plays. And I think he brings up the team around him. And there's more confidence in the guys when he's out there, which is what Griffey did. And so uh, I'm, I'm just optimistic that they are going to make it this year. I really love the move for them to get out, go out and get Luis Castillo mm-hmm. and kind of solidify that starting rotation. Their bullpen has been doing pretty good this year as well. Um, I think they just got to figure a way out to uh, beat the Astros, and I don't think anybody else can, can kind of compete right now. Pretty I think, much can beat everyone but the Astros I know. right now. It's kind of annoying, but... It's super annoying. <laughs> Going back since you mentioned the, the Castillo trade, we haven't really had a show altogether since the trade deadline. 
So I, I know I know what Daniel and Andrew think about this, but we haven't really talked about it all together. Um, my first reaction to seeing the Castillo trade was, oh, that's awesome. That's one of the guys that they, they targeted, and that was going to be a big acquisition. That's a really big deal. And then when, when I saw the list of what they gave up to get him, <laughs> I was like, ooh, that's a lot. Like the, the prospects that they gave up to, give it, to get him were three of their top five, including Marte and Arroyo, who were two very highly thought of um, shortstop prospects that were coming through. Although Arroyo was just an A-ball, so I don't know. He wasn't even really He's progressed to the point. It's hard yeah. to have a real assessment on that. But I, I initially was like, dang, the, one of the strengths has been your farm system has been really good and you're bringing guys in. And the more I've thought about it, the, I realized I think I was in the wrong mindset for that because what DePoto did is just what it actually lines up perfectly with the timeline of what he's been saying. He's been saying for the last several years that this is the time frame that we're going to be competitive. So, yeah, we can, you know, sell um, now players, get prospects. We're going to do that over and over again, and they did. And now that those prospects are ready to come up and make a difference, we're going to trade the prospects that we have for guys who can help us win now. So I think while it was a really steep price, it's also a signal that, hey, your GM is saying we're ready, let's go. Yeah, definitely. And Castillo's, he's only what, like 29? He's 30. We 30, this okay. Up. Um, he's got a, a year and a half on his deal, so we have we the Mariners have him this year and next year before. Yeah, like, I mean, he's I think, not a rental. I think it was the right move. I wish, I think, back in the day, the Mariners should have done something similar to this when Griffey was playing. Gone out and got a high high price pitcher to take you to the postseason and and beyond. And they they did kind of you know similar to what you know Mariners have tried to do year in and year out, just yeah. kind of filling a couple of gaps here and there and not get that high-priced player to kind of push you over the top, and it just hasn't worked. Well, and as far as the rotation goes, like, it remains to be seen what will actually happen and how those guys will perform, but they have invested there. Like, they yeah. have, they went out and they signed Robbie Ray, who was last year's Cy Young winner. Mm -hmm. They made this move for Castillo, which, like, there's still the thought in the back of my mind, like, he's playing out of his mind right now, but if you actually go back and look at his career stats, he's he's playing above his normal level. He's good, and he's a two-time All-Star, but if, if he really is a top-level talent, then they've gone out and made moves to bring in two guys at the top of your rotation. Um, they've got Gilbert, who's come up and progressed. They've got Kirby, who's come up and progressed. Um, they have, is it Marco? Is that the, the fifth guy right now? Gonzalez. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah like, they, they moved Flexen to the bullpen. Okay. Which, if you remember, Marco was our number one just a couple years ago. Exactly. Yeah. So they, they have acknowledged, okay, we had a problem in our rotation, and they went out and decided to try to make it a strength of the team. Whether it is a strength of the team, like going forward over the next couple years remains to be seen, but they have invested there. Yeah. So I think we should we should be probably, even though it's easy as a Mariners fan to just be really pessimistic <laughs> about the way that everything goes. Yeah, I, I decide, I've decided I'm turning over a new leaf. I'm going to start to look on the bright side of things. I don't I know if that makes you. me feel comfortable. <laughs> well, but I, welcome to the optimistic side. Yeah, I would say I haven't felt this good about Mariners baseball for a long time. Julio Rodriguez is a big part 
part of that. Right. Well, that's the yeah. that's the big transcendent star that you have yeah. growing in your organization, yeah. and and yeah, Griffey like is the only way that I can think of to describe it as well. But I think uh, that that should probably do it for this episode. This has been really fun. We are uh, just to remind you, we're coming at you recording live from the Young Life Annual Wiffle Ball Tournament. I would encourage you, um, as we talked about in the interview with Jason Atwood, go online, look up pictures and videos of what's going on here because it is a really cool event and it's for a good cause and watch out for it for next year because it's going to be a lot of fun. So for my trusty producer, Andrew Gross, <coughs> sorry, frog in my throat, trusty producer, Andrew Gross, my absentee co-host, Daniel Hargrove, who is no longer with us today, and uh, our, our special guest here, Jimmy Hargrove, helping us close out this final segment of the show. I am Justin Domashevitz. Thanks for listening to The Scrimmage. Be sure to check us out on all of our socials. Do it now. Bye.